Hey y'all, hey y'all, hey. Thanks for meeting us at The Intersection. I'm your host, Malika Salam. Got to say the whole thing every time. Like a tribe called Quest and a pimp named Slickback. And of course, to my right, my right hand, my writer die, my day one. My writer live, my writer live. There we go. My ride and live, uh, none other than the chocolate girl wonder hey y'all hey what's tea what's really tea what's tea is you're so shiny right now i love your shiny face thank you like i feel like i don't want to toot my own horn but beep because like i look good like this highlight it's just it's a look i've never put together a look like this with this I love highlighter and whenever I see anybody go crazy with highlighter I'm just super jealous um I really want to get yes the Fenty Trophy wise it's like glory it's it is it's goals um I'm clear on that I will be getting it I just have to actually get to uh a Sephora and unfortunately Christmas presents for ourselves. We've bought a lot of Christmas presents for ourselves. Ooh, we might be out of Christmas presents man. officially. Hey, if anybody wants to send us Christmas presents, we will take Fenty highlighter in trophy Always, wife. Like for real, trophy wife. Um, that's really what it's called. Trophy. It's wife? called the one that I like is that really bold yeah, golden one. That's, that's trophy really wife. called trophy wife. Yes. I heard everybody keeps saying trophy wife. But I didn't know. Like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Like wow. that's not fake. That's for real, real. Trophy. Um, I'm here for it. So, speaking of tea, well, no, we're not going to get right into the tea. Let's go. Let's. We have some RIPs to do this week. I'm really sad about these. So, um, Earl Hyman passed, and most people know Earl Hyman as Grandpa Huxtable. Um, but he's so in addition to being grandpa huxtable obviously he did other things like he was on a gang of soap operas um for my nerdy friends out there he was the voice of panthero in um thundercats so there's that oh Ow. is big boy joining us is big boy gonna be a part of the cast this week so um that what out so yeah he was the voice of panthero on thundercats he, he was him. grandpa huxtable um, I actually want to find this message. So Malcolm Jamal Warner posted a really sweet message about him. And let me see if I can pull that up. Um, but how sad is that? I mean, he's, he's, he was 91 years old. So he, he lived a very full life. So like, I'm not going to pretend like, uh, gone too soon. Right. Like, no, it's not that at all. So this is what Malcolm Jamal Warner said. He said it was indeed a pleasure knowing and learning from Earl Hyman, AKA Grandpa Huxtable. If it weren't, as if it weren't intimidating enough that Sabrina LaBeouf and Jeffrey Owens, uh, who is that? The oldest sister. We all know Denise and- Oh, the one that they added in the show later with the two Sa kids. Sonya. Sa Sandra. Sandra. Sandra and Elvin. So yes, Sandra and Elvin. Elvin. Uh, weren't already accomplished Shakespearean actors who could spit a Shakespearean monologue at any given moment. Then we had Earl Hyman, who spent his life on international theater stages, 
who could flip Shakespeare in Norwegian. So apparently he spoke Norwegian because of all of his travels. Like nobody's fluent in Norwegian except for right. Norwegian. Norwegian is not a language that people just come out, hey, I speak Norwegian, like. Right. Again, I unless. Speak a little bit of Spanish, I speak a little bit of French. Right. Unless, Maybe even Russian, but Norwegian. Again, unless you are Norwegian. Right. Um, you don't really speak Norwegian. So, um, R.I.P. Grandpa Huxtable. Um, and, oh my gosh, so two days later, so I was already just trying Ugh. to deal with that. And then two days later, the, um, the interwebs and internets was all abuzz because Auntie Della passed. That's right, y'all. Della Reese. Um, and I mean, she, so we know she's a singer. She was a singer. She was an actress. Um, a lot of people don't know she was also a producer and she was an ordained minister. So, yeah. Uh, yes, Auntie Della. So, um, she actually had a talk show in the 60s called The Della Reese Show. Or the I Della heard show. about that. I heard about that. What's crazy uh, is that it wasn't like a short-lived like blip on the screen. She had 197 episodes. So, like, she was at it for a minute. Um... Obviously, I wasn't alive during the 60s. Right. So, I missed that. Uh, I've seen clips, like, here and there. Like, people have been posting clips. Yeah, the internet has everything. So, people have been posting clips from the show. Um, I came to know her definitely uh, as Tess on Touched by an Angel because my granny loved that show. So, she was Tess on Touched by an Angel. Um, She also, I love the A-Team and she was Mr. T's mom on the A-Team. She was B.A. Wow. Baracus' mom on the A-Team. So periodically she would pop up She's there. She's been in everything, like literally. She really everything. has. Um, and then of course she played opposite of Red Fox, but not in what you're thinking. The last role that he did before um, he died was a show called Royal Pains. And, um, and she played his wife on that show as well. Wow. So She was his um, wife on yeah, She played, she... Well, they were a couple. We assumed that they... You didn't realize that they were a couple? I thought they were a couple. When they were in the same house yeah, and she about talking crazy? Yeah. Right. Holding the little swallow in the container. So, that's of course, that's my favorite role. 1989's Harlem Nights, which I was probably too young to be watching, but I did, and it was great. I don't even... Hold up. Harlem Nights came out in 1982? 89. I was going to say, I could have sworn it came out in 89. I know you got all the facts on Harlow Nights. I made sure to do my research and get my numbers It was together. my Instagram name. I mean, you can't have the Instagram name and not really know the facts about the Well, she definitely was um, on Harlem Nights. And I mean, that's when she, that's like when it solidified in my mind that she was Auntie Della. Like, that's when I definitely The next time her. you accuse me of stealing, I'm going to kick your ass again. I'm done with you. So, um, so yes, Auntie Della in my mind. And, I mean, I love Della Reese so much that literally every woman who leads the Mahogany Cover Girls gets Becomes to... Vera. Yeah, gets to carry the name Vera. Vera, yes. Vera Walker. Why? Because she's yeah, in charge I'm, of the girls. I'm in charge of the girls. Who's Are you in charge of the girls? girls? I'm, I'm in charge, charge of the girls. girls. Um, so, yes... Are you Della, Auntie Della is no more. Um, 
And best believe that Miss Vera was an honest hoe. And all her hoes were honest. True story. That's 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 how it's said. That's what's said. Um, so yes, R.I.P. to Earl Hyman and to Della Reese, aka Auntie Della. Um, so let's get right into these teas. What's tea? Okay, so um Yeah, no, we'll come back to that later. Okay, so I watched the show. I said I was interested in watching the mayor and this other show called White Famous. So the mayor is the one with the young black guy. He becomes the mayor of the city. And, of course, he has no idea what he's doing or whatever. Heard about that. Okay, so that's on ABC. Haven't watched it yet. Need to check it out. It looks like it might be interesting. It looks a little cheesy, but I'm here for it. I'm here for black leads, and I'm here for black mamas. And so his black mama, of course, is helping him run things. That's what black mamas do. Like, you get a job, you don't know what you're doing, don't worry. We got you. So there's that. Um, So I haven't seen that. I did watch White Famous because I... Watched it on the app that we have for the service that we have, <laughs> and um, y'all ain't paying us. So on the app for the service where we watch our movies and stuff, um, I was able to see a free preview because we have the hobo, but we didn't have the whole package. But we got the whole package. We don't know how we got it, but it's there. But don't tell nobody because I'm not trying to mess up my plug. So. Um, Paula, you know I ran off of them twice. See, that's how you mess the plug up. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, we got the station that you can watch White Famous on. So I watched the first episode of White Famous, and it is extra, extra, extra. Like, it's so, like, just right off the bat, he's loud, he's offensive. Um, his whole oh, thing White is... Famous, that's the show with the old girl? No, this is the show with the young comedian who gets offered a role, and it's like the role of a lifetime to be in a movie, um, but they ask him to put on a dress, and he's like, I told my, you know, my dad I would never wear a dress, like, I would just never do that, and his- Oh, he's black. Yeah, and so, well, the whole, the whole, the whole oh, premise of the show like is that, you know, do you want to keep doing these clubs on the Chitlin circuit? Do you want to stay on the road and not be making a lot of money? Or do you want to get white famous? So, um, Jamie Foxx is in the show as well, who, of course, is white famous, right? Mm-hmm. He did Miami Vice. He's crossed over a bunch of times. Blah, 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 blah. Crossed over. From just doing, like, comedy, right, into being a big name and being able to do music and pretty much go anywhere. Because he's Jamie Foxx. Right. So, of course, Jamie Foxx played Wanda on Living Single. So, of course, he's going to stay put on the dress. Hey, is that Hillary? Hey, Hillary, we love you too. So, um, so yeah, he's like put on the dress and go ahead and become famous. Like, this is how you live in color. This is how you get. What did I say? Living Single. Oh, I just I said like, Living Single. No, 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 no. In in Living Color. So he was on in Living Color as Wanda, and um, so of course he's like put on the dress, put on the dress. The guy is like, no, 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 I'm not putting on the dress. Basically, you know, blows the interview. So Jamie Foxx playing himself in the show? Yeah, hey. and he's extra, extra. So um, so yeah, that's the premise of the show. I watched the one episode. <laughs> I I guess I'm gonna watch another episode. 
um just to see where it goes right now it's very predictable like i'm not necessarily impressed i get it i get the premise like as a, a comic you want to make it big and white famous is the big um so but it looks like they're gonna kind of tackle race as an issue and that's a big part of the premise of the show i don't know it's a little the acting isn't great it's a little loose so we'll see how that goes get loose um so yes with this nice new little package that we've got access to we and get to catch up on power which i've heard has just so gotten super ridiculous like we watched the first power. half of of season four but apparently the second half of season four is just extra 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 as well okay so, so. mom and pete because they thought they were just so so she got roasted convinced. again hasn't she roasted us about this before yeah how long do we have to get is this the last roasting this is the last one so okay don't make, don't bring it up again i'm always bringing up, always bring it up old stuff i know right anyway <laughs> mom and pete decided to catch up on it oh because they were so convinced that i said i wouldn't do this Speaking of extra. <sighs> so, they were so convinced that I finished it, that they finished it together. And now... No, we didn't finish it. We only well, watched it to half. And then when you told us that that's where you had watched it to, we stopped watching. This was before the, before the trial oh, yeah. went out. So, we're on good terms, which is why I'm like, I don't even know why you're bringing it up. Only because you like to bring up bullshit. Um, I, I wasn't finished. What did Hillary say? She says, I love watching you with it chocolate girl because <laughs> she's always doing the most i just be here trying to read my little notes and be on point and she is always doing the most okay um, this is like the very end so yeah i i didn't want to go to go movie <clears throat> so because no free sponsorship so <clears throat> movies you know who you are i didn't want to go there because like their movies they've become like low quality what is no oh i, I, you have a hand hand up. I got a question what? what does this have to do with power though because that was the only way we could watch power without the new source right but none of us watched power so we're all at the same place but no i haven't caught up yet yes remember we all watched it one day and we were like this is the last episode whatever well we get did. caught up so i got so now the point this is the point we get to the point we got stars so we can i can watch it in good quality without getting the virus see what i mean just extra 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 okay she said as you are she learned it from watching you <laughs> right <laughs> um so the so the one thing that we're not caught up on and we should have binge watched over break because y'all got to go back um hey sam sam is here sam is always here producing and such um hey sam hey 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 so uh we should have watched when when sam and the chocolate girl wonder were on break but we didn't because we were doing the most we were all in memphis and um i was sick half the time we were in memphis like i didn't get to see a bunch of people like hillary um katrina like there like there's a list of people that i just did not get to see while i was there because when i wasn't like working trying to get to my grandparents um like literally the one thing that we did that we really wanted to do was go to owen brennan's for brunch 
that was great um but yeah i was sick like i was sick after owen brennan's and then i did an interview that was sunday i did another interview monday i was sick after the interview monday and then we got on the road tuesday night like we literally just ran 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 so um it will be next year before i get back to Lucas, and i'm sad about that i'm sad that i was sick half of the time and that we did not catch up on what is tea without sugar so queen right so this season of queen sugar is over and um we are not caught up the season is over and i'm still like dodging spoilers like neo in the matrix because we just never caught up Excuse so me, dodging spoilers like what neo in the matrix whatever you gonna let me have that one <laughs> so i'm um, not caught up on queen sugar so moving right along what we did catch up on which we would what we wound up doing after all of the holiday festivities after all of the traveling after going to the farm with the family um it was just time to rest like it was definitely time to have just some straight up downtime and we decided to lay on the couch all day and eat all the carbs that we had left over and binge watch because on thanksgiving day flatmix released she's gotta have it it was so dope like Please, mommy, 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 please. Please, mommy, 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 please. So, um, so we watched, so we watched She's Gotta Have It as a family unit. Well, really just the ladies in the family. St. Pete was like, I'm not here for it. I didn't watch the original. And he said he wants to watch the original. Because he's extra. He's a, he's a cinephile. He's got to know all of the dates and yes. all of the people and like take it back to his origins. Well, I watched the original. And you watched watch the, the original, original, and the original is on Fletnix, so you can see that first if you really feel like you need a frame of reference. Um, I don't think, Sam, you never watched the original, and how did you feel? Did you feel like you were At first, lost? I felt like I was lost because you all knew the characters ahead of time, but once I got to know who the characters were, I was fine. And the thing is, the characters are set up differently than they are in the original movie, so we can go back and watch the original movie now, and you'll be able to see the comparisons. But I think that you don't have to watch the original movie to watch the series because what they're doing with the series, like you have to remember, it's not the movie. It's the um, series. series. So they have to like stretch it out and add other events in there, which which for me is like a treat because it makes it even better. So. Yeah, because you get to know about right. more about the characters, the exactly why, why she is who she is, like, and. I love the fact that they did these updates on the characters and gave them some more texture. Um, yeah, there's a lot of mixing up because like Greer being Greer's the light skin, biracial, Mars, uh, Mars I can't even deal with Puerto Rican Mars. He's funny though. He's, I like him. This is the thing. Mars Blackman is corny. I mean, extra corny, extra over-the-top, all of those things. But Mars Blackman is an icon because Mars Blackman, like Spike Lee as Mars Blackman, 
was the face of Nike for like a decade. Like he was doing commercials with Jordan. I mean, it was a big deal. Like if you go back and watch the Nike Mars Blackman commercials, it was a big deal. Like when you saw Mars, think about Nola, darling. That's the question, right? (laughs) So, um, and Mars Blackman got those commercials as a character. Spike Lee as Mars Blackman got those commercials from doing the Mars Blackman character on She's Gotta Have It. Like, that's what's crazy. So, um, I like the update on Mars. He was super extra, over the top. Um, I thought it was a great way for Spike to pass on the torch. Um, I was, it it was interesting because, you know, Spike Lee always injects himself somewhere Mm -hmm. in his projects. So, it was interesting to see how he wound up being in the project like how he made his cameo because i would have thought like oh mars is half black half puerto rican maybe he's the son of original mars but no he's not um his dad passed in the show and he does a whole tribute but uh i love mars blackman character maybe he still is like you never know nope no nope his dad is black. Okay. But he made his... Remember, he did the memorial tribute to his dad and his dad taking him to the game and he got mm-hmm. the side Nikes from Michael Jordan. Yeah, um, and I feel like if Spike was going to insert himself, that would have been the point. Right, but yeah. he didn't. He was the bartender. And so that was interesting. It was still nice how he inserted him. It has so unexpected. many great Spike Lee elements, though. Like you know, it had the famous glider. Like that's every Spike Lee. The joint. glide. Spike Lee a couple of out the glider. A couple of times in there, the glider. Um, what else? Oh, the moment where everybody always does this. Ah. So he had one of those in there. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to go back oh. and watch it because look, sometimes if you walk like, away to the bathroom and miss little stuff. So I, I probably have to go back and watch it. I, I want to watch it all on my profile anyway. I would be watching it over again just because just like it was good. World. And I feel like Fat there's Nicks. probably something that I missed. So, um, uh, well, this is the thing. People are discussing it. And it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's divisive. Like, people fall on one side or the other of the spectrum. Like, there's nobody who's in the middle like, ah, it was okay. Like, nobody's lukewarm. Everybody's either I love it or I hate it. Hot or cold. They're very hot or cold. Take it or leave it. Um, I'm hot on this. I loved it. I thought it was great. Part of it was nostalgia. The other part of it was the storytelling. So, some people are saying that the storytelling wasn't great. The acting wasn't great. Um... I just, I think it's a young show, but I loved all of the elements. I love that it's so I love where it ended, too, because that gives us a place to pick up for season two. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to there being a season two. And I'm purposely not saying a lot because some people are still, like, getting tuned into it. Everybody's not us. We binge-watched the whole series in one day. So we just sat on the couch and watched it for hours, six hours of our life. And on. One thing that I do actually love, not six five hours because they're like thirty minutes, and there were ten episodes. So do yourself a favor. I say it, it was really watch good, it. and not to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, but one thing I love that they did with this one is they really dive into well because of course they had more space to dive into who she was as a person. Um, I love how they 
actually dive into her sexuality in the show because I, did I didn't know that Noah Darling was supposed to be pansexual. I just thought, okay, there's this one friend because it's, it's this thing about sexual people. You must have to explore, you know, the right. spectrum or whatever to determine your sexu- sexuality. It's like she, they actually, you know, she's. Well, yeah, I think that they did a good. I think that they did a good job with the pansexual storyline. Um, I think they're doing a good job of developing the character and showing us the layers. Oh, and also her art, right? So she had you know classic art that she was showing that was good art, but that people weren't necessarily resonating with. But it was her street art that actually got her noticed, and so now her star is on the rise because of the street art. So you know we'll get to see more of all of those things, I'm sure, in season two. So far, we haven't heard anything about there not being a season two, so I'm pretty confident that oh, next year we'll be able to see some more um, of the adventures of Nola Darling. AKA, she's gotta have it. So that's all the teas that I have. Did you have any other teas? Any other teas? I don't know. I think not. Okay. Okay. Alright. She's officially done. Um. All right, so this is the holiday special. Uh, For one, we opened up with Last Christmas, and I have made y'all watch all of the Facebook videos. So there's an actual video that strings together all of those memes to the full lyrics of the song, which I will be posting because it has its names of people, and they're not specifically. Oh, they look like they're either Pakistani or Indian. You know. Like, oh no, there's an African on there too. Remember someone special? Oh yeah, yeah. someone special. So um, I love that song. I love that meme. <laughs> Every year it gets more ridiculous, and people add to it. I'll make sure to share the video of this because it's hilarious. Um, so let's talk about the holidays. How were your holidays? Me personally, me. Okay. Do yourself personally. Me myself personally. Uh, my holidays was great. So I pretty much had two holidays in one. Yeah, two holidays in one. So besides the food, I'm pretty sure I gained a good pound. Good way. <laughs> uh, the food was delicious. I'm always here for the dressing and the cranberry sauce. It's my favorite. The oven baked macaroni and cheese. You guys, this year I was in charge of macaroni and cheese. The oven baked macaroni and cheese. So y'all know that's a big deal. Um, I don't know in white families. Okay. I don't know in white families if macaroni and cheese is a big deal for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I feel like it's the mashed potatoes. It's the mashed potatoes. Okay, so yeah, it's the mashed potatoes. Because um, there was like a trough of mashed potatoes at your sister's house. I was like, who the hell eating all First of all, who peeled all these potatoes? Second of all, who's eating all of these potatoes? Um, and I wasn't wrong. When we left, there was still a gang of potatoes there. You know what there wasn't? A gang of macaroni and cheese. Everybody ate the macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese is the star of the show. Actually, their favorite is your dressing. 
Their favorite was my dressing, and I was pretty surprised by that. That like they were like, hey, make the dressing because it's not stove top. Like it's cornbread dressing made with real, actual cornbread and really, Nina. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because we weren't just talking about her macaroni and cheese. Um, <laughs> I'm just so, proud of myself. I'm only 14 and I cooked a portion of the food that was being You cooked food. a major portion of the food because, again, everybody is not allowed to make macaroni and cheese. You can't volunteer to make macaroni and cheese. You macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and yeah, cheese. macaroni and cheese is a mantle that is passed on. Like, I passed you the baton with that. You don't just be on macaroni and cheese. Like, it's grown folks who are not allowed to make the macaroni <laughs> and cheese for the salad. Basically, macaroni and cheese, potato salad, spaghetti, um... But St. Pete the pies. Pies. Sweet potato pies. Everybody can't make sweet potato pies. Right. Oh, they serving patty pies? You know, that's a... That's not a holiday pie. That's a regular, right. like, you just want sweet potato pie on a Monday. You know, did they put it in the oven? They served the, they the served it raw. So, yeah, St. Pete did the sweet potato pies. He did my granny's recipe. Uh, he banged that out. Bong, bong. Bong, bong. Why do you say that? Because it's a New York thing. It's a New York thing. So, St. Pete did the sweet potato pies. He banged those out. It was great. Um, yeast rolls. Yeast rolls always disappear. But they don't act like they always don't know what they are. Right. They knew it. So last year they left the house with a whole pan and left us with those nasty ass cold poppy seed rolls. Like they not cook. They they cook. They got no butter. Like what is going on? They gave us raw (laughs) rolls. We were like. Ugh, like, have a roll. No, I'm straight. Did you put those in the oven? And, like, the thing was, I was thinking they were... Mom, breathe. I'm breathing. I'm not going to pass out from laughing. But it was hilarious. Because we like, all they were in a pan, so I'm expecting them to be good. I toasted something. Now I could have sworn there is an ice flake in there somewhere. Because, like... It, no, they were they were just like fresh out the store, raw. but like they just opened raw. the bag and poured them in a pan. I was like, you know, if I run the pan through the oven, and run it through the oven like it's a car, <laughs> like that's just you just serve the rolls raw. I was amazed, yeah. and they were like yeast rolls. What are yeast rolls? But nobody like, ate exactly what the but, yeast rolls. Right. You left with a full pan last year. Right, but nobody ate the rolls. And once again, they left that bag of cold raw rolls. And they all the yeast rolls. The, okay, the rolls, I'll give them that. They were a little bit sweeter, so they were good. A little bit better than shit. It wasn't was Hawaiian good. bread, though. Listen, right. at least there are only bread. two acceptable breads for Black Holidays. Hawaiian bread, Hawaiian bread yeast and yeast rolls. Like... I don't... Everything else is quiet. Right. Don't bring anything with poppy seeds. Don't bring anything with sesame seeds. We're not making hamburgers. Nothing with seeds. Like, right. Like, like, why are we eating we're sesame seeds? egg muffins. Is this trying to make broccoli and shit. What are you doing? Listen. I can't. So, um... So, the social experiment, I guess, is how holidays are done differently. So, last year, we did it at our house. And, um... Your folks were very skeptical, like, oh, what is this? I remember them being very inquisitive about the macaroni and cheese, like, oh, that's macaroni and cheese. Hold up. And then, then, you know, our macaroni and cheese 
cut like you cut it out in squares. Like it's not like the Stouffer's. Like it's in the pan, but you, know, you can't you just scoop, scoop it out. Like it you gotta out. cut it. You gotta cut a square of it out. And they were looking like real. <laughs> they were looking real skeptical. Like the only thing I think that was familiar to them last year was green bean casserole and um and the and the dressing which we call dressing they call stuff. and they, they call, call stuffing because y'all smell like gonna make the stuffing i was like first of all i don't, <laughs> I don't make, make stuffing. stuffing i make dressing right because i don't you don't put it inside the bird that's nasty you just gonna put it in the whole empty that's what new yorkers the bird? That's, that's what new yorkers do though. i think that's the most disgusting thing i ever. grew up like that but, but what no, I didn't know that's a New York. Listen, thing, I think okay, I get it. I've seen it done before. I get like maybe it helps hold the moisture or something. But then you gonna eat the stuff that was inside the inside of the bird. I'm. I wish you would serve me some dressing. Well, fortunately, you have to worry about that because a you didn't eat the turkey and b some was, turkey, some turkey fried. Children. Right. It was for deep fried, so you in the deep fryer. Yeah. So I guess that has saved a multitude of people the from eating turkey? turkey from out Ooh, the crack of the turkey behind. <laughs> I never liked turkey. Like I. That's the one thing. Black people, it's always the one person who wants turkey, and you just don't eat the turkey because it's always dry. But I ain't never made a dry turkey. I never seen your turkey. You made turkey? I made turkey before. When? Back in the day. Before you were born, day. day. Nah, you were little the last time I probably made a well, little thing for that. Well, that doesn't count. Whatever. We're talking about now, recently. Thanksgiving. Nah, I ain't made turkey in a few Thanksgiving. I just don't with turkey. It's a big chicken. It was it's a like prehistoric chicken. Like, you leave it in the oven. It's supposed it's to a soak up chicken. the juices, but it wasn't like they just don't soak up the juices. No matter how much they get the little turkey baster, it, 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 it no the turkey is not getting the juices and like it needs to. So you put it in the deep fryer, right? And you got the oil, so the juices because the oil counts in the juice. So it's all just really cooking in there, and you get it out, and you get this crisp skin. And the I, meat is juicy. I and don't tender. think the oil cancels the juice. I think what happens is that crisp skin seals it in. Crisp skin seals it in. <laughs> right, crispy skin to seal it in. Crispy skin right. seals it. It's delicious either way. I I never really eat turkey at Thanksgiving, but yeah. I think it was really good. I didn't eat it, and I ain't eating it because it's a big ass chicken. And they're old. Do you know how old those turkeys are that are in the store? They can keep those turkeys in the store for up to 20 years and just refreeze them. So I don't like, I might even be more inclined to eat the turkey if it was like fresh off a farm. Like not before I saw its face though. Like I would never be able to do that. Like there's just certain foods that I can't eat. Right. And then when we went and hugged the turkeys. It's like I'm a a human and I just. Then when we went and hugged the turkeys at um, Sacred Lands. Like I, nah, I'm good. I think that's how I feel about a lot of animals. Because like I'm thinking about the cows and stuff that I bonded with at the farm. So, yeah, that was the other and thing. And Chet. I didn't bond with Chet. I don't like Chet. Chet is haram. I'll never fool with Chet. He's a pig. He's pork. He's forbidden. He is, though. Pigs, they're not like me. They just don't care about people. He don't got that curly tail. David had a curly tail. I'll never get used to it. He's that. only funny when he gets forked. I rubbed <laughs> him and his hair was very red. I can't believe you touched him. 
gross. Anyways, so we did the holidays. Um, we went and visited family in Memphis before the holidays, and then we did the holidays this year with Sam's family um, on the farm, which was very like Americana. It was very Americana, except for whenever you invite ethnic people to any of your holiday events, they're going to bring whatever their ethnic dishes are. For example, we brought yeast rolls and baked macaroni and cheese and greens, which we also took home because nobody ate the greens but us. Um, and those in sweet potato pie. Uh, I noticed they didn't have pumpkin pie this year, though. They did a bunch of different pies, and everybody was cool with the the, the sweet potato pie. Because remember, last year they were like, "Oh, what is, what is this? this? Yeah, they were like, this "Oh, it tastes like pumpkin pie." pie. Yeah. And then your mom thought she was bringing pumpkin pie and wound up bringing sweet, sweet potato, potato pie. She's like, yeah, I'm sure. It's so like everybody got turned potato. out on yeast rolls and sweet potato pie last year. So we're good on that. But um. Your family invited Cuban people. Your sister invited her Cuban friends. And what did they show up with? Empanadas! Empanadas. Delicious. They had Again. the beef ones and they had the cheese ones. The cheese ones just went. They just... Listen, they were, they were if you invite ethnic people to your holiday celebrations, they will bring ethnic foods to your holiday celebrations. Well, interestingly enough, my sister did not know what to tell them to bring. I said, well, why don't you have them bring something that represents them and their country? So I think that's where that idea came from. I think that they were just fine with that because, mm -hmm. again, it's like, what else were they going to bring? They don't celebrate Thanksgiving no, at all in the same... Well, they they celebrate it, but not at all in the same way that it's celebrated in the States. It's just a big party, blah, blah, blah. They don't even start till like, 8 o'clock at night, and then they go, like, way into the wee hours, and it's a big, you know, dinner. I mean, and this is the way a lot of indigenous people do things, and a lot of ethnic people, people of color, like, food is very much a social part of how we how we get together think about it like even when we get together with our friends a lot of times the getting together is around what let's go out to eat what do y'all want to eat the whole time we were in memphis it was where are we eating where are next eating? like where are we eating next where are we meeting up to eat so i mean that's a big deal uh and again i just think that even if your sister hadn't said bring what represents you like if you invite them and you don't say, hey, bring paper plates or cups or whatever, and they're cooking, they're going to bring something that they're familiar with. That just that just makes sense. So um, so Thanksgiving was good. Uh, no major meltdowns happened, which is good because the holidays can be very stressful and very triggering. Um, I was actually talking to joy cox earlier i did an interview with her hey joy hey so joy is over at the fresh out the cocoon podcast so if you're not watching if you haven't subscribed um make sure to go subscribe to the fresh out the cocoon podcast and uh talk about the business of being fat like she out here she's doing the work and we were talking about how the holidays can be triggering uh, for fat folks, because people will police what you're eating, what's on your plate, how you prepared it, because the assumption that is is that if you're fat, you're fat because you're unhealthy. You don't work out and you eat bullshit all the time. You eat garbage all the time. So um, going places for the holidays, like going to some of my family members' houses, has been stressful in the past because there's been a lot of focus on... I have one family member who always thinks it's a compliment to say, oh, you've lost weight. Like, that's the goal, right? Like, the goal is to be this particular size. 
and who has absolutely no problem with saying, oh, you gained weight, you know, like that's their thing. And saying, you know, like, what are you eating? Or, oh, I didn't know you eat that. But it's always with just a little bit of judgment. And I love her. And I think that she means the best. Like, I think she just wants us to be healthy or whatever. But she's also the person oh, who introduced fat into my lexicon and into your lexicon. We're not going to call her out. Oh, but yeah. yeah, so one of the reasons I'd be really hard on myself about being this right, and one of the reasons why I've told you, I'm like, oh, she did that number on me. Like, your body is your body, and appreciate it and take care of it. Um, my body is my body, it's not the body that it was 20 years ago. It's not because I eat garbage and I don't exercise, I actually pre eat pretty healthy, healthier than most of the folks that I know, and I work out. Um, I'm going to be honest, I could be better about, I could be more consistent about it, but I'm definitely not just a couch potato who eats garbage all the time. Um, I do have PCOS that does make it hard for me. Who's that? Iris. Hi, Iris. So yeah, that does make it hard for me to, um, lose the weight, but that's also not my focus. Like my focus isn't on the scale. My focus is on being healthy and who wants to go someplace that is social and that's about enjoying food only to be police so um so there's that there's encountering difficult family members right one of the things one of the conversations that came up during the course of our holiday was you know people who are not emotionally engaged people who want you to show up and be there with them and be there for them she said hey baby cakes um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, people who want you to show up and be there with them and be there for them, but are not available to emotionally engage you. And the holidays are supposed to be about family. Like that's definitely a big representation of what it was for me growing up. I knew that Thanksgiving and Christmas for sure, like my big ass family would all be together. Um, and that can be overwhelming. Just, just dealing with all of the people and all of the personalities and understanding that you will be who you are to your family like so it reminds me of welcome home roscoe jenkins it doesn't matter how great i think i am or what i've accomplished or how much i think i've succeeded or failed whenever i'm with my family I am to them who I am to them. You know what I'm saying? Man, whether you made me a chocolate girl wonder. Right. Or Lulu. Or, or Lulu. Lulu. Right. So there's all... So, but that's like how they see you. So it doesn't matter like how grown I get. When I sit down and talk to my grandfather, I'm 14 years old. And I am equal parts you know genius and rebel like if you talk to him i'm the greatest thing to ever walk the earth but i'm also hard-headed and just do what i want to do when i want to do it um who grandfather grandfather the great so that all i can say about that is you know when you are with your family as much as possible just lean into being all that you are like like that's where you came from those people made you the only caveat for that is if you're not in a safe environment like you don't have to engage with your family if it is a toxic environment if it is an unsafe environment um if it is an unwelcoming space and so with some of the intersections that i sit at um i'm sure some of you can relate to not being you know welcoming your family because 
of your gender or because of your sexuality, how you identify. Um, and it's okay to say no. It's okay to decline invitations. It's also okay to say no to hugs. This is the season of go give your auntie a hug or go give your uncle a hug. Nah. And I am not a fan of that. I think that you have to start teaching children body autonomy and agency right. if very they don't want early. to hug you, if they don't want you touching them, do not force them. Because then they will grow up with the mentality of, okay, I don't want to do this, but I have to to make this person feel good. Like, no, it's your body. If you don't right. want anybody invading your personal space, that is your birthright. Right. Um, I definitely started that with y'all very early. I was not a fan of sending y'all with anybody until you guys were old enough to talk. And it and yes, it's shaped by the my own traumas, and I was not I was deliberate about not passing those traumas on to you guys, like not making you guys afraid to be with people, but definitely making sure that you were aware and cognizant and like, oh okay, no, this doesn't feel right to me, and I don't want to do it. I just don't ever remember being like, oh, you gotta go hug so and so. Oh, be nice to so and so. Like no, kids are like just great bullshit detectors too. Like if you are. On that foolishness, kids know it, and they be like, like if you ever just seen a like a person approach a baby and the baby just falls out screaming. Yes. As soon as I see that, I'd be like, oh, I don't fuck with you. Or that one little kid at church, you be looking at that one person. Mm-hmm. Watch, listen. I'm with I'm with Kanye kids, on this one. We, listen to the kids, bro. Listen to the kids. Kids listen to and know everything. And it's like kids are also painted as liars because of people not owning up to their own stuff. I believe I believe pretty much not everything kids say because some stuff like you know kids be lying. But like if it's something serious, I believe it. Because kids are just honest. They bullshit. And children are the future. Children Teach are. Them Let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess. Give them a sense. Of a To make it easier. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not doing this with y'all. <laughs> so, um, so yes, children are great bullshit detectors. Do not, I repeat, do not make your children hug, kiss, sit on the laps of. No. Don't make them engage with people. And and it's cool. Like, it's cool to figure out another way to do it. Um, every year, I post the same infographic that says, you know, don't make your kids hug people and figure out other ways. So instead of saying, you know, go hug your Auntie Jack, you can say, you know, hey, how about you go give your Auntie Jack a high five? And that can go say hi to your auntie. Right. Like you you can, there's a multitude of ways. You don't have to be in people's physical space. Um, And people need to be aware of their boundaries and their personal space. And it's just super imperative that children know that and are empowered with that at a young age. I'm a huge believer and fan of that. Um, Did I miss anything about the holidays and the importance of our mental Uh, health and taking mental health We can talk about what we got since we pretty much had two holidays. Well, I had two holidays in one. I also had two holidays in one. Um, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Christmas came early this year. Christmas came early this year. So when these two people got back from Memphis, we had a few errands to run. Of course, those few errands, we just picked up, you know some stuff and so we're not gonna you know just go into the whole list i'm just saying got some clothes got some shoes got some jewelry 
got some stuff for my room, so I'm all set for Christmas. Christmas came early this year. I feel like Christmas for me is just going to be making empanadas and tamales and whatever else. Getting um, a uh, Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I listen, y'all will not continue to deny me my well, Charlie Brown. We need Brown to get Christmas like a tree. legit Charlie Brown Christmas tree, like with the little leaves. Do you remember the one that we saw yes. that year? Okay, so that year I actually wanted like a big Christmas tree, but you know, I got this was hard well, on the boulevard at that time. Okay, so not at that right. time. It was our Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It was like a mini Christmas tree. It wasn't actually a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. But, but at that saw. store, they had an actual Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And they wouldn't let me get it. I didn't want it because I was like, oh, I want it to be like, you know, like a legit big Christmas that year. It was not a legit big Christmas. It was a, was a struggle mug. Yes. Um, so I mean, I mean but we got, you know. We made do with what yeah. we had. And and it was great. Um, this year, like, we have the privilege of really just getting a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. And that's so funny because when you don't have it, that's when you want all of this big extravagant stuff, right? But and then when you do it, have it, it's like, like eh, we can just do something. Save small. up because you learn really how to save and like and appreciate what you yeah, have. Appreciate what you have, and this look isn't the means of everything. Like you know what's inside, and that's what matters. So I can have my Charlie Brown Christmas tree this year. Yes. I mean the actual Charlie Brown, like yes, that you have like five leaves, like five little. Because we don't have to buy a lace, we don't have to buy a skirt. We don't have to Man, buy it. Man, listen, put easy. one little star on the side so the junk can have the gangster lean. Mo, like, that's it. I just want my Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Um, yeah, Christmas did come early, and Ooh, that looks wee. like my office getting an entire makeover. <sighs> Yes, with the lean to it. Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Well, show you what. I know you guys can see that. It's like a bit of a glare. Ugh. They can't see it. Freak. I can't even make you see it. Oh, oh there, there you go. go. Yeah, that's what it looks like. The, the Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, your office got a makeover. Um, so yes, Her office did get makeover. My office got and is getting a makeover. We made shelves, uh, DIY'd the shelves, and so put together a block and created a whole new shelving and nook system for my books it and my mug nice, collection. Which, I mean, my mug collection has already outgrown these shelves. Like, literally, um, I would have to move the fans next and put more shelves up. Because, I mean, obviously, I'm going to get more mugs because I love mugs. Oh, yeah, it's season of decor. Uh, it is. And I got a new grown-up desk. Uh, they had to fight me for it because I really didn't care. I would do my work at my desk, all of my writing, all my regular wobble, work. Wobble. Yeah, that joint is probably little mug. But, I mean, I would put it on TV trays. Like, I got really... <sighs> what did like, I this what I'm gonna do with it? This is if, like, if it, if it comes this is to where me. I do all of my work, and it is important that I have good equipment to do all of my work with. Do I sound like that? No. Okay. That's just be me, me being salty, um, which I shouldn't be. I'm very grateful for all of the things. So, got the desk, and uh, we're moving on up in the world. Growing up, desk. And, and, and because she and came a fancy up, chair. a lot of the stuff that was coming down off of these logs. Well, not a lot. Some of it that was coming down off of these gloves. You have to go into my room. I have my own whiteboard, y'all. Like, you don't understand. If you're a planner, having your own whiteboard is a big thing. Whiteboards big thing. and planners. I feel like I've been inducted into the planner. Like, it's a point. 
I have planners that are on standby that I'm just waiting to get into in 2018, baby. Body roll for the planners. That's how much I love planners. Yeah. So, um, are you trying to get on with the show? No, I was just going to watch you continue to cheer. I wasn't cheering. I was sitting across my room. Never mind. We're going to watch the playback on this and we're going to see the cheers. So I think what you should do is do an Instagram video. Of me cheering? No, of your room so that you can capture the whole thing and share it with the folks. Okay. I'm going to do that. So go find Chocolate Girl Wonder on Instagram. It's and not spelled like it's spelled here. It's spelled with two O's instead of one. So Chocolate lot. Girl Wonder. No E. Wanda W N D A. Y'all know how to spell Wanda. On Instagram, please follow me. The link will be in the whatever. In the description. Yeah, that part. Use um, my code. So let's go ahead and get into who tried it. This tea is pretty much done. I'm just stepping on this one. Thank you. Amina, tried it. Let's get into who tried it. So let's go ahead and start with the lightweight stuff. Um, and this one, I'm not sure is a tried it. It's a tried it for some people because people have had a whole lot to say about this. This is not a tried it for me. Nicki Minaj, the paper cover with her doing all of Minaj the Nicki, yeah, the Nicki Minaj twelve. And that's the thing. So some people were like, "Oh my gosh, she's too old to be doing this. She's too grown." How old is um, she? Thirty-four, I believe. Thirty-four. She's young. She's a baby. But also. What the hell is too old? Like, fuck that mean. Because right. for me, again, I'm over forty, and there are pe there are things that people have said to me about the way that I dress, about my uh, accessories, about my phone. Like, you just always look like a teenager. You just always look. And like, why does that bother people and so much? Why is it so important? that we categorize things um that's an intersection right being under 40 being over 40 20 being the new 30 or 30 being the new 20 or whatever well, 30 like 30 like that's 30 is the new 30 40 is the new 40 like i've earned all of these years and all of these stripes and i get to do part of being an adult is that i get to do what i want to do i get to pick out my own clothes because i pay for my own clothes nobody else dresses me so if I want to dress from the junior plus section for the rest of my entire life, I can. It's a choice. But it's just, it it bothers me that so much of the argument hinged on, she's just too old to be doing this. Oh, she's just trying to compete with Cardi B. Cardi's in her 20s. Nikki's in her 30s. Nikki should know better. Her name is Nikki Minaj, folks. Who's that? Keisha. Hi, Keisha. So, yeah, um, Nikki is in her... 30s and who cares um i don't think that she was competing with cardi b i think it was just nikki being nikki yeah. periodically we get nikki in black hair and short um, nails and she's very kind chill, of conservative yeah. and chill and then nikki goes for a second then you have nikki that part minaj. you have onika and then you have uh nikki minaj I mean, the name is Nicki Minaj. Clearly, that was, you know, nothing changed. Paper Magazine is the same magazine that put Kim Kardashian 
on the cover with, with the, the champagne, champagne bottle. Champagne yeah, and yeah. doing the whole break the internet thing. Um, so I mean, I expect was, them to be provocative, and that's an intersection with being a teen. You're too young to do this. You can't wear that. Cross your legs when you sit down. You have to wear. Make sure you can't wear crop tops because you're too young. Don't do this to your body. Too right. young. Too young. Too young. Too young. Too young. You're too mature. Why are you so mature? You're this. You're that. You're that. My whole life, because I've been around adults pretty much my whole life. So no, my whole life I've been around adults. So I am mature. And. One of the things that used to bother me, only because I really didn't have people my age to hang around. You're too young. You have to sit out the room for this one. You're too young. You're too young. So that's an intersection well, for me. I was going to say, where did that really happen? Because I feel like when, like, maybe from zero to seven, it was very much about, like, age-appropriate conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not excluding you from conversations, but just breaking it down in a way that was age-appropriate. And then kind of from seven on, like, I've never been like, leave the room or you can't be a part of this conversation. Some stuff was I couldn't be a part of the conversation. But like what? Oh, y'all being grown. I don't know what the conversations were about. I feel like that's people's personal business, though. Like, I don't think that there have been any conversations. Because one, just until the last few years, my friends and I really didn't have, like, open conversations about sex or whatever, unless it was somebody's personal experience that they were sharing. Yeah. In which case, I just felt like it was inappropriate for you to be in the room because it ain't your business. But as far as other conversations, you know, we've had some un some conversations that have made people uncomfortable. I remember we were talking about, we were having a sex conversation um, on Avalon, and Ryan, Auntie Ryan just kept cringing and she was like, oh my God, I just can't believe y'all are having this open conversation about sex. I remember and, that. And oh. maybe even oral sex, I think. I don't know. I know it was a very, was it wasn't a graphic, like pornographic conversation, but it was like definitely a conversation. A, cl a clinical, I guess you could say, talk about sex. Like it wasn't like nothing weird. Like it was just, I believe how adults should tell their children about Sex, I mean, because you know? that's how the world is going to tell you. Well, this is the thing. Well, the world I might not in, be as nice. I grew up in a household where my dad very much allowed me to have a voice. And that having a voice starts short of having a smart mouth, though. Like you could have a voice and you could talk about things and you could ask questions. It just had to be done respectfully. Like that was his rule. I so I wasn't um, not interrupting is one way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was like it. It was like, you know, let me get it out. Let me say what I need to say. Let me ask the question I need to ask. And he was very willing to talk to us about things. Um, when I was ready to have the sex conversation with him, when I was ready to discuss birth control, I went to him and I was able to say to him, I think I'd like to be on birth control. He said no, because he's my father. And I just think he couldn't fathom the idea of like me being a sexual being at that age. Like his... His rationale was, if I let you get on the birth control, then you will become sexually active and promiscuous. Which was so, it was so weird because it's like on the one hand, you're telling me that I'm empowered to talk to you about things. But then on the other hand, you're shutting it down in the very same, like, patriarchal way that the rest of the world runs. Um, and the benefit is that I could go talk to him about it. You know what I'm saying? I could have those conversations with him. So... I have, as much as I, you know, can, I have tried to be as open 
to having those conversations with y'all as possible. Um, being respectful. I mean, what does respect look like to you? If I just tell you no on everything, if I don't hear you out, is that respectful? No. So I think... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Well, you widened, I guess you could say, my range of ideas for what respect looks like. Because when I was younger, like, I really just thought until we got older, you know, just started... I need you to lean into the phone. Breaking, I guess, through? I'm not sure. You know, just new parent children skills you know well yeah it's a development like i didn't i didn't always know what i was doing sometimes i still don't know what i'm doing um all children are not the same some of the things that i was raised with were not healthy habits and healthy ways of dealing with conflict and when it got to that point where I realized that I was making unhealthy decisions with y'all, I literally literally called my dad one day in tears like, okay, so this is what you taught me. Like, fix it. Like, tell me how to fix it. Tell me how to do something different. And he said, he was like, you know what? When I had you guys and I was, you know, working full time and I was doing this on my own because my father was a single dad a good portion of the time that he had us like he was married or in a or like not married but like he would be in relationships but he and my mom split when I was my birth mother split when I was very young and then I had three other mothers who helped to raise me but he wasn't his wife who he had been married to all of those years they hadn't been together in years my siblings helped raise me so I you know I was in this very um communal family and he was just like, I, you know, I did what I had been taught, but I now have a little sister who's your age. And there's a huge gap. You're talking about, a, you know, almost 30 year gap between she and I and what he learned in that time. There's almost a 20 year gap between her and my youngest brother. And she's the baby. So it's like, he's older, he's retired, he has all of this time. And he's like, I definitely am parenting different. Um, so this is my suggestion. Like, once they get to the age of reason, talk to them. Like, you don't have to put your hands on them. You don't have to use threats. You don't have to make them afraid of you. Like, you can talk to them and achieve the same thing. And so that's been my approach for the most part for at least the last seven years. And that's not to say I don't have slip-ups. Um, I think my mouth in the beginning was very volatile. Like, even though I wasn't physically violent, my language was violent. And my body language was violent and combative. And so it took a while for me to get out of that place, right? It took a while for me to get out of the place of being violent and being intimidating and just being able to chill and sit down and fall back out of that and have conversations with y'all. Even when I'm upset to like not blow up. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I'm very appreciative of. I don't know how we got all of this out of Nicki Minaj's paper cover. children. Oh, conversation. So, yeah. Discipline. Um, assets. Oh, yeah. My idea of respect. You guys knew my idea of respect was. Right. So, my idea of respect is I think I know. Everyone should have mutual respect for each other. And when I was younger, before, you know, I really knew about this. I just thought, you know, it was adults that were sick. And you just do what they say to do, you know? Right. 
And so when I got older and I realized, wait, we're all humans, right? In this big world, universe. Meaning we're all free. Like we're all free to do whatever. Not saying that it's going to be easy. <laughs> Just saying we're we're free people, so we're able to do whatever, especially when you're little, you just wandering the world. So my idea of respect is just mutual. Everybody should have respect for each other. I don't think um, an adult should be able to talk to a child, just like we saw um, day before yesterday. I don't think they should just yell at a child and the child should just sit there and just be like, okay. I'll go to my room now or I'll go and do something else now. I think But that's how so many people have been trained. Like yeah. you also have to realize that so many oh, people no, I get that. came up with do as I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. Yeah. Um, I'm the parent, you're the child. I'm Stay the child. The you're place. the child, I'm the master. Children should be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. So I mean that's a whole lifetime that has to be reset for a lot of folks definitely um so yeah we definitely do things differently over here obviously uh we're co-hosting a podcast together I cuss, like, yeah i know that still surprises me she's cussing in front of her mom what it so, took me a long time to get comfortable doing that and i mean it's it, yeah, yeah it's a respectability thing um the rule for y'all being able to cuss was very simple know how you're using know what the word means and, and then once you know that right once you know what the word means um use it in context like don't just be around here willy-nilly cussing a bitch this is the other this is the other thing that i realized once you guys had the power to do it initially it was like oh let me see if i can get away with it and then once you guys like realized you could get away with it like it was a real thing it wasn't a setup for me to be like oh you cussed i'm gonna pop you in the mouth then it was like, okay, well, let me see how freely I can use it. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to use it all the time. And then the novelty wore off. And now it's just like, oh, you use it in context. Like, you use it the same way that I use it. You use it to season a sentence. It's just To that. season a sentence. But seriously, like, really the novelty mean. wears off. I mean, I grew Some up in a family. But I grew up in a family where people didn't cuss openly. I didn't hear my dad cuss until I was an adult. And it was very much like, you know, men don't cuss in front of women. Women don't cuss because it's not ladylike. So for me, once I was free and on my own and could use cuss words, I cussed like a sailor. My mouth was terrible. It was so foul. But it was foul because I was making up for all the lost time. Like, oh, I can cuss? Like, I got the freedom to cuss? Well, let me, mother bleepity bleepity bleep 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 Like, everything out of my mouth was just fucking shit, bitch. Yeah, that. Wow. That's but see, I didn't feel the need to do that because I can do it now. So what's there's no point in me cussing about everything. My mouth is still bad, and I can definitely go there. Um, and I like cuss words. I do. But I don't feel the need to use them all the time. Like, that need isn't there because I'm not making up for lost time. Does that make sense? So all of this from Nicki Minaj's paper cover, I don't think she tried it. Um, I think some of the people who are critical of her and saying that she tried it because of her age, I think they're, in fact, the ones who tried it. So, I, I'm getting back in a cool place with Nicki Minaj. She's cool. She's cool. Um, 
so to all those people who had something to say about Nicki Minaj being too old to have a Nicki Minaj a trois, we would like to say to you, you tried it, you failed. Oh, see how we got the matching shirts, got the paragraphs, put it together. That looks nice. Got to coordinate. It looks nice. Got to I like coordinate. Um, you know who who did try it though for real? Celebrity tried it. Um, and I am so over him. Like, just throw him in the garbage. Are we still throwing people in the garbage? Mm -hmm. In 20, 2017 isn't over, so I think we're still throwing no, people that's in the garbage. Why I put it exactly right here next to me. Oh, um, Chris, is that that you? So let's go ahead and throw Chris Brown, Chris Brown official. In the garbage. Chris. So Chris Brown said. Your home. Come on, it's not Chris Brown official on Instagram said, "I got one more relationship in me. One hundred. After that, I'm dogging everything moving. But isn't he kind of already doing that? Hasn't he already been doing that? Didn't like, he have a baby?" Which is why she finally got done with him. Right, so I'm like, you've been dogging everything moving. What are you talking about, son? What? Like, like I'm not. And then it's, it also feels very much like, oh, I just released the album. Let me, you know, kick up the controversy. He did. People have been talking about it. I haven't been talking about it because I don't listen to Chris Brown like that. I, I haven't I listened listen to Chris, Chris Brown, Brown probably since, since excuse me, miss. Excuse like, me, right? Like, if he winds up on somebody else's song, I'd be like, Oh, Chris Brown is on that. But even the people he makes music with, I don't necessarily like. Lil Wayne has exactly three, four songs that I actually listen to, the rest of everything else, I'm like, It's garbage. I never um, really listened to Lil Wayne because I grew up with the impression y'all used to be like Lil Wayne is trash, trash would be trash, 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 trash. So I didn't really listen to Lil Wayne, but Lil Chris Wayne Brown. is trash, trashy, trash, trash, trash. <laughs> I like um Lollipop. No, I don't like his version. I like the Framing Hanley version. That's what oh. I keep telling you. Every time you bring it up, I'm like, no, I don't like Framing his Hanley. version of that. Yeah. Framing Hanley. Um, no, I like, um, what's the, the one, um, how to love, like, I like how to love, love I like six foot, seven foot, like, there's very specific songs, <coughs> um, salute, I like shooter, but again, I look at the, the people who, who these things happen with, like, who these, um, like, with shooter, it was him and Robin Thicke, and I'm like, and Robin Thicke wound up being hella problematic, so I'm not gonna lie, I like that one song that him and Robin Thicke, but I that's what I'm saying, I like that song. But it's one of like the four Lil Wayne songs that I like. But then I'm like, oh, Lil it's Wayne makes music with Robin Thicke. Lil Wayne makes music with Chris Brown. But Lil Wayne is trash. So Lil Wayne and Chris Brown and Robin Thicke, all trash. Um, I'm I over it. Chris Brown, though, that boy had potential. He could dance. He could sing. And it's like, people went blaming Rihanna on his career. And I'm like, no, you need to blame his crazy ass on his career. But the it's thing so is, it wasn't, his career hasn't ended. He's still making music. He's still and she too. went back to him. Like, they were they were back they were together, together after that incident. Bit, yeah. So, for me, it's like, you know, whatever people choose to do, it's their decision. They're adults. Chris Brown is trash. The fact that he said he's got one more good relationship in him. Like, bro, you haven't had a good relationship in a minute. You've been dogging everything moving. So, he that's a redundant good, statement. Though. You could have kept it to yourself. Who was that one song? Um, it was 
Okay, yeah, Chris Brown, you tried it. Sorry, um, yeah, people right here. Well, no, I'm not sorry because I'm not. So, Chris person. Brown, I don't apologize. Either. Garbage statement you made, so we can just move on with life because you make me. I'm tired. Um, Chris Brown, you tried it. You failed. Um, so let's get into a little bit more heavy lifting, though. Because there's a couple of things that have happened recently. Um, no surprise here. Everybody is doing some like dusty, dirty, like just like folks are uh just uh mm. so the family values Ohio conservative state rep Wes Goodman. Have y'all heard this? Yeah. So he's another one of these politicians who's like family values and men and women and no gay marriage guess what he was doing a dude exactly he was doing a dude got caught wound up like resigning his position or whatever but it's like anytime i hear people yapping straight, just a straight, little straight. bit too loudly i always think to myself latent homosexual tendencies what are you fighting so hard against? So yes, oh, representative, Ohio, former Ohio State representative, he did um, he did go ahead and resign his office. Um, but the other part of it is, it's not, and this is all, oh, this is what's so problematic. So it was also a Kevin Spacey situation. It wasn't just that he was having sex with men. Like he was having sex with men and they're like, 30 people who have allegations against him for sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, molestation. And this does what? It feeds into the narrative that people who are homosexual are perverts. Listen, everybody's not a pervert. Everybody's not a predator. These people have a specific proclivity. Um, they can't sit with us. They can't sit with us. And I'm clear on that. So um, his mistakes are his mistakes. He's trash, not because he's a homosexual. He's trash because clearly he's a predator and he, you know, hid behind this veil of family values so that he could do his foolishness. Uh, I'm not here for it. So, former conservative Ohio State Rep Wes Goodman, you tried it. You failed. And what was that thing about the dog who barks a lot? uh-huh the the dog uh the dog the hollis is the one that got hit so um yeah in that same vein uh cbs journalist charlie rose this man is iconic like he so he's this huge big deal journalist uh has been with cbs for like 30 years he's you know I don't think y'all's generation even watches the news like that. Our generation may have been the last one to really watch news shows. Like, did you ever watch 60 Minutes? Or, oh, yeah, right, I so watch 60, 60 Minutes. Minutes. Dateline before it became all about to Catch a Predator, right? So Dateline, 2020. So all of those shows like that. So Charlie oh, Rose was watching this too man. Much that 2020 and you're reading too much of Quara. No. Um, so... <laughs> Charlie Rose um, has now also been outed as a sexual predator, sexual assault, 
Um, the allegations just keep rolling in. I feel like the floodgates have opened, and if anybody has a story, they are coming forward now. And kudos, kudos to the people telling the truth. It's about damn time. Part of the reason why people have been able to do this for so long is because we've been afraid to speak up. And it's not always easy to speak up because there can be a lot of victim blaming. There can be a lot of shaming. So for the people who keep telling their stories and sharing their truths, um, power, 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 love and light, uh, continue to do the work. For these other folks out there, Charlie Rose now joins the list of this very long list that's now happening. Um, and I'm happy to say, for those of you who are like, oh, they're coming after Bill Cosby because he's black, um, it ain't exclusive. They coming for everybody. If you did wrong, they are coming for you. So Charlie Rose, you now join that long list of people that includes Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, um, Kevin Spacey, Ben Affleck, uh, Charlie Rose, you tried it. You fail and this week for me the biggest failure of all because this story has now come back into the national light this is not a new story though this story is 13 years old but because uh some celebrities have started sharing about it and we'll get to them in a minute it has now gained traction again so of course i'm talking about the story of centoya brown Centoya Brown was a 15-year-old um, child prostitute who was being sex trafficked and was basically sold by her pimp to a pedophile. And in fear of her life, she killed the man. And at 15 years, at 16 years old, so this happened at 15. By the time she went through trial and everything, she was 16. They tried her as an adult and sentenced her to. 51 no 51 years uh in prison and then like she won't even be eligible for parole so she's like six in her 60s uh ridiculous how do you somebody who's been through something like that is fearing for their life and the whole thing is that like well it was premeditated or you know she did it it was she did it because she like it wasn't that she feared for her life it was a setup and she robbed him I'm like well if it was a setup and she robbed him she would have been like robbing people the whole time exactly. what was it about this particular person well one thing is this man took her to his house this 43 year old grown-ass man paid for this child to come to his house so that he could use her for sex if you, if, you get, control if you get out of that situation intact and the only way for you to get out of that situation is to kill that person i feel like justice has been, been served I mean, justice like, has been served because everybody doesn't get caught on dateline and in that situation like she if anybody knows she really didn't have any control like that would be the only situation she kind of had control over because it was close to her. She caught it before it caught her. So, I agree with justice has been served, you know. And that is a ridiculous sentence. And I think... No, I'm not going to quote it because I don't have it. And you're right. She did get a life sentence. She's eligible for parole after like 51 years. Or some ridiculous number like that. So, um... So, Tennessee. 
way to go. Uh, you just keep batting a thousand. Um, this ha all happened in Nashville, which is the capital of Tennessee. Tennessee, I love Memphis, and I say it all the time. I love Memphis. Memphis that does not mean that it is not without its problems. Uh, living in Tennessee for as long as I did, when I left, it felt like once I got away, it felt like I had been in an abusive relationship. It was like, oh, I love it. Um, even though it beats my ass. Uh, I love it and I'll go back to it because it always apologizes and buys me something pretty. Said, oh, I never hit a woman before. I won't do it again. Right. That's, that's, that's my relationship with Memphis, definitely. So, um, so yeah, for the state of Tennessee, for the lawmakers, for the legislators, for the judge that passed down the sentence, for the jury that I'm sure was not a jury of her peers who sentenced this child um, who was clearly the victim in this case to life in prison you tried it you failed you failed her and you continue to fail us and women who look like us um but let's end on a high note so some folks be doing the most the celebrities who have come out in support of centoya brown are absolutely doing the most. Um, Rihanna actually picked up on the story and has been sharing it. And since she's been sharing it, other people have also jumped on board. Um, and it, like, they're really, really rallying for her. And sometimes you need that to happen. Sometimes you need for famous people to use their voices and their power of influence. It definitely, I saw this work firsthand in the case of the West Memphis Three. So the West Memphis Three were um, arrested for child murders in West Memphis, Arkansas. And they were basically targeted because they were, you know, these three kids who were the weirdo kids. They were goth and they were punk and they were this and they were that. And so basically what happened is they were profiled. And they spent years and years and years in prison. And they actually just got out of prison, out of prison I want to say, in 2014, 2015. So, um, in that case, Margaret Cho was one of their biggest supporters. She actually did a documentary um, in support of them. Eventually, they were able to, you know, get, uh, get their convictions overturned. And like I said, they're all out and they're all free now. So, hopefully, these celebrities coming together and using their voice will... Um, farewell for Centoya Brown. So for the celebrities who are out there supporting Centoya Brown, um, for all of the people who are hashtag free Centoya Brown, you are, are doing, doing the most and, and we are here for it. Um, you know who else is doing the most right now? And I'm totally here for it. Miss Serena Williams. Oh my gosh. So not only did she, you know, have, so we, you know, got to see her throughout her pregnancy, you know, epic, uh, Black girl epic magic. magazine covered while she was pregnant. Um, lemonade. then she did, yeah, she was doing, she did lemonade. I mean, like she's been doing the most for a minute, but then she had the baby after she had the baby. She wrote that epic letter to her mother um about just you know all the greatness well 
as if it couldn't get any better, she got married. So she got married, um, I guess about a week or so ago. And, um, and it was a big deal. Like it, so, you know, all the celebrities were there, blah, 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 blah. It was all the big deal. The biggest, the biggest part of this for me, like the most fun part of the wedding. So it was a fairy tale wedding. She had a big, beautiful dress and, you know, white and it looked like a princess and all the things. But the best part of this whole situation for me, no lie, was at the reception dinner. Um, they had New Edition perform. Stop playing! They had New, new Edition perform, and she and her husband got on stage with New Edition and like full out choreography to If It Isn't Love. So you gotta find that somewhere. It's great. Um, I just feel like Serena Williams is living her best life ever. And people keep coming for her, like, why she married this white boy? Why she married this white boy? Y'all didn't want her. Y'all didn't want her. So don't act pressed now. Uh, Beyonce said it best. If you liked it, should have put a ring on it. Oh, yay! But you didn't, and she's moved and on. And that's the thing about men and black, well, black men and black women, um, or one of the intersections, I guess you could say, that we're not loved until we're taken from you and then well not even taking because we belong to ourselves we're not loved until we go on to somebody who actually loves us and then you're so offended oh she married this white boy you had a king right here no king you weren't treating me like queens though i went to somebody who actually would right and i mean he clearly like so the baby is named after him i don't know if y'all remember this we talked about the baby the baby's name is alexis Ohanian Jr. Um, he is the co-founder of Reddit. Um, so Reddit is a online reading service. It's like a what do you call it? A feed where you they pull articles and stuff from different places. So, um, so yeah, they are married. They, are they you know dated for two years. Oh, um, so they know each other for married. Yeah, they dated for two years. They decided to have a baby. They decided to get married. And she seems very happy. So That's I'm good. here for that. And then, oh my God, Serena, what happened? Like you had this baby and all of a sudden you just want us to cry all the time. Like every time you do anything a around Alexis Jr., we're just all going to be in tears. So she released this epic commercial. Um, so, you know, she did the open letter to her mom. The Gatorade commercial is an open letter to her daughter. And she's like, you know, I don't care if you never pick up a racket. I don't care, you know, what you what sports you decide to do, but play sports. And this is the reason. And then she just talks about the sisterhood and the kinship. And the, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like, I watched that commercial and 10 seconds in, like, I'm feeling emotional thinking about it. Like, 10 seconds in, I was in tears. Um, it's on the Purple Hair and Converse page. So if you guys want to go and um crawl into your feelings then go watch that because yeah it's everything so serena williams you are doing the most and we are here for it um who else is doing the most so let's talk about these faces and beauty let's yeah let's end on that note okay so let me I don't need to pull it up. So, 
as me be wanting, aspiring to be uh, a YouTuber, not only a YouTuber, but a better YouTuber, um, and a better YouTuber, I, you know, they have the ads in their videos. I saw this CoverGirl ad, and I was like, yes, I'm here for CoverGirl because, you know, Janelle Monet is a CoverGirl. Mm -hmm. um, and so, another person, Black Girl Magic, hashtag Black, hashtag Black Girl Magic, hashtag I'm rooting for everyone black. Um, Miss Issa Rae is one of the new faces for CoverGirl. And, um, I'm here for it, you know. I love Issa Rae. I've loved her since, since Drake has loved Robin. Wow. <laughs> but, yes, so. So, yeah, Issa Rae, um, joins a bunch of women who are iconic and who CoverGirl has picked up at, you know, some point. Um, so she's in this new beauty campaign and this beauty campaign is really not, it, it's called the I Am What I Makeup campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically it's, you know, not what you're accustomed to seeing it's not these people who are overly made up i think that's one of the things about cover girl cover girl is like the every girl makeup so like when um queen latifah you know came to cover girl and then she got her own line right the queen collection it was like oh my gosh somebody who looks like me so cover girl does a really good job of doing that and i think pairing people with campaigns that actually work so instead of us seeing, like we've seen Issa Rae grow up, we've seen her develop, we've seen her go from awkward black girl to insecure, and it's very much the same person, um, but it's the glow it's up. It's right, the glow it's up. Better. It's like when you can, it's, the, it's really, this is what it is. When you're getting started and you don't have a lot and you get the wet and wild, you get the wet and wild. And then... For the LA colors. Or the LA colors. And then you do a little bit better and then you may move to the Maybelline or the CoverGirl. And then as a treat to yourself, you go ahead and buy that Fenty, right? You may not be using the Fenty all the time, but that's the goal. Maybe like, oh, okay, LA. let me go get that $25 highlighter stick or let me go get this $60 foundation. But you, you work with where you are. And I think CoverGirl is kind of the everyday brand. Like all women can use it. I think they do a good job of um, of putting that across with their campaign. So I think it was a brilliant move on their part. Um, I think it was a brilliant move on Issa's part as far as her visibility. And yeah, she's our awkward black homegirl. And so as the awkward black homegirl and ambassador for awkward black girls everywhere, it's good to see somebody who looks like you, who is not, you know, made up celebrity, 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 doing a campaign. That, that makes sense. That just works. So, um, Issa Rae and CoverGirl, y'all doing the most. And, and we, we are, are here for it. Um, speaking of makeup brands who are doing the most, uh, Rihanna Fenty brand is everywhere. Everywhere, everybody has the Fenty face. Everywhere you look is hashtag wife. Fenty Beauty. Um, yes, send us Trophy Wife for Christmas, please. I love Trophy Wife. Um, I love trophy wife. So, so um, 
they also have a face for Fenty Beauty. And I love her face because her face is also not traditional. Of course, I'm talking about Slick Woods. So every once in a while, there's a model that comes along that completely is outside of the realm of what standard beauty is and Slick Woods is that. I think it's a bold choice. I think Rihanna does that. Like she makes bold choices. Um, I think she's also very involved with her own brand. So it's not like Rihanna has people who are doing this. Like Rihanna is saying, oh yeah, that's who I want to mm -hmm. represent. So uh, it's a good look for Slick Woods. Slick Woods is like modeling saved her life. Um, and she smokes a lot of weed apparently and has lost some contracts because of that. So keep in mind, folks, when you're out here doing business, you can't put everything on your IG. Um, you can't put everything on your social media. Once you become the brand, you I have to be careful to... Yeah, you got to be careful to protect your brand. And if your brand is smoking weed, know that, but know that it may cost you some contracts. Um, I I like Slick Woods. I think she's unapologetically herself, and mm -hmm. I'm always here for that. Um, I think Rihanna is always here for that. I think that's what the Fenty brand is. Like, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing with her clothing styles. That's what I'm seeing with these partnerships that she's had with other big companies. I think uh, launching her own makeup line, brilliant. The, the faces that she's using, brilliant. So uh, Rihanna, Fenty Beauty, Slick Woods, y'all doing the them. most. And, and we are, are here for it. Um, well, that's going to do it for us. This has been the uh, holiday special. Uh, thank you for meeting us at The Intersection. Bye, y'all. Bye.
and bright.